Hello and welcome to another episode of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your hosts Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum. And Ron, once again, I know we say this every week, but <laughs> we are very, very excited to welcome two very, very special guests that I've, I've just been excited all week to talk to. We have Jason Umstadt, who is the superintendent and CEO of the Licking County Board of Developmental Disabilities, and Jeff Davis, who's the director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities. And we cannot be happier to have you guys. So welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you so very much. Yeah, this is great, Adam. You know, the shows, I, I think the guests keep getting better and better. I don't know how that <laughs> happens. I know. Us, but this is wonderful. It you might know, be we're, premature we're, to say. <laughs> I know we, we like to, we like to shoot for the stars. You know what they say? <laughs> so, you know, we, we like to get, you know, everything started by who are these incredible people that we are bringing on. So Jeff, why don't you kind of start us off with, with who you are and what your role is and kind of a little, a little bit about yourself before we get into the nitty gritty, as we like to say. Well, thank you again. What a pleasure to be with you. So <clears throat> I'm the director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities. So that is a state agency here in Ohio. The position is appointed by the governor, Governor DeWine, and we're responsible for governing, setting policy funding, hopefully setting vision for a system that supports people with developmental disabilities across the state of Ohio. Gotcha. And how long have you been in this position for? Since, uh, you know, the governor's inauguration, so January of 2019. Oh, great. Very nice. And Jason, how about you? Hi, I am the uh, superintendent, chief executive officer for the Licking County Board of Developmental Disabilities. I, you know, Licking County is one of 88 county boards uh, throughout the state of Ohio, and our responsibilities are, you know, really we're the uh, local Medicaid authoritative agent uh, who uh, provides case management as well as funding for uh, individuals in our county who are uh, who have developmental disabilities. Very nice, and yeah, I know. So you mentioned there's there's 88 different different boards around the state of Ohio, and is that is that kind of a normal thing around the country, or is that a little special for Ohio? Well, I mean, it's it's special to Ohio. I've worked in two other states, and and we did not have that uh, type of a system. Uh, but the benefit of having you know 88 county boards is that, you know, there's just a, a more uh, local focus on uh, the services that people need on a local basis. So it's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, folks that are, are, you know, looking at it from a statewide perspective. So it's really locally, uh, you know, viewed and then services and resources are built uh, based upon what's available in that county. You know, I can tell you firsthand, Adam, you know, I have a special needs daughter that, uh, has had state services for many years here and county services in uh, uh, Ohio. And for a brief period of time, we had moved to Florida and she moved with us. And frankly, the services were nowhere close to what uh, she receives here in Ohio. And we've, we've come back to Ohio and brought her back and it's, it's night and day. So people in Ohio, I don't think they realize how fortunate they are uh, to, to live in this state if you if you have a special needs uh, uh, relative or friend or it's just wonderful and what, what was like the main difference that you noticed between here and Florida Ron was it just you know communication or getting in touch with people or like what, what was kind of the main difference that you noticed between the two places well I think that the the, the big difference to me was that Florida has great services for retirement people for people you know that are going down there to live in the last part of their life. But 
they've uh, they they don't really have a lot. Um, you know, there's Easter seals and some in, you know agencies that we were involved in, but there's a waiting list. You know, a mile long. I'm sure there is in Ohio to a degree, but in Florida, you're you're ten years down the road before you can get the kind of services we get. So that that was the biggest thing is just where the funding is going from the state. Gotcha. And and you know, Jeff, I'm I'm curious to ask you because obviously you, you've been a part of the system for I think you mentioned over thirty years or around thirty years. Yes. Sir. And and kind of how have you seen things evolve over those thirty years? And what what are some of like the biggest things that have kind of been implemented and that you've noticed in your time, you know, helping this community? Well, that's a great question, particularly to you know to our population that we support. You know, much of it is just, is that community integration. Is it? You know, it's not that far away. You know, 50 years ago, when you know, the majority of individuals were living at home or they were living in state institutions. And I think, every, you know, even the casual listener, you know, knows that those state institutions were the quality. I mean, it was really, it was pretty ugly uh, in large measure. And so what we've seen is, uh, is just more and more acceptance that individuals with developmental disabilities deserve and systems are obligated, uh, you know, to provide supports that really are focused around them, not segregated, that you're part of the community. And so that maturity really has been, that maturity has probably been the biggest things. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, that is very interesting. And Jason, how, what have you kind of noticed in, um, in Licking County in particular? How, like, how long have you been with Licking County again? I've been in the field for 22 years. I've been with Licking County almost five years. Gotcha, gotcha. And are you originally from Columbus, or have no, you? No, I am originally from the mountains of West Virginia. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you had to get uh, a beer to come over. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what I've seen or been a part of just recently. I really think that one of the things to point out is just how in the last you know. So, just the last 10 years, how much uh, services and supports for people with developmental disabilities have cha- they've really changed. And they're so focused, you know, on the, the strengths and the abilities that people have and, and not looking at limitations. And I, you know, I've just very much enjoyed being a part of uh, this, you know, ever-changing system uh, that really, really gives people opportunities uh, to live their lives as they wish to live their lives. Yeah, because, you know, they they all deserve it just as anybody else. So I'm just I'm so happy to hear, you know, people like you, especially it's always great to hear, you know, individuals like yourselves who have been there for so long and have been fighting the good fight, as we like to say. Um, And, you know, a question that we do like to ask people, especially in these, you know, uncertain times, as many people like to say, how things how has the pandemic kind of affected both of you and and kind of the work that you've done? And what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen and how have you kind of overcome some of that stuff? Well, if, if you like, this is Jeff. I'll I'll start. Uh, I mean, the the pandemic is candidly uh, overwhelming in many ways, in the sense that that it has really refocused us. So since March, you know, as a state department, and I'm sure Jason will concur, it really is managing the system in the midst of a virus. And this virus, you know, it 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 really lives uh, aggressively in settings of congregate care that we think about, but it also can be, you know, particularly brutal to, to some in our population who have, 
you know, have a physical challenge or compromising conditions. And so it's really been a, a complete change in the way that we approach things. It's been much more now health and safety. How do you protect, you know, how do you stay at home? How do you make sure you have a workforce that is there to, you know, support them on the ground? And, you know, it's a, it is just a continually moving kind of environment, right? You're trying to find a balance all the time while you're helping protecting health and safety. And it's, uh, and Jason, again, can tell you it is, you know, after a period of time, you know, it's really hard on providers. It's hard on direct support staff. It is, there's fatigue like you feel in the overall community. So I really don't want to minimize it. It's been a real life challenge for a system like ours, like it has been in, in, in skilled nursing or other human service systems. You know, I, I know that firsthand, again, having a daughter in a group home and seeing how the provide what's going happening with the providers. And, uh, you know, again, it, it's particularly my daughter, unfortunately, had a temperature for three weeks and right early on in, I think, beginning of February. And fortunately, we were able to have her tested and uh, turned out uh, she did not uh, have COVID. But um it was touch and go for a moment, but uh, again, the providers and particularly uh, a nurse practitioner that uh, services the home, they really got her through it. So it, it was, it's tough. It's, I, I know it again, it's very difficult. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt with some of the, you know, caretakers for Ron's daughter and they're just such incredible people going through all this craziness and still having that responsibility of caring for other people. And it's, you know, I cannot, I cannot say enough good things about, you know, the experience that I've seen from Ron and being involved with that stuff. And, you know, I look, I look forward to discussing this a bit more and then kind of diving into a little bit of both of your backstories and how you got to where you are today in our next segment. So make sure to stay tuned and we'll be right back after a short break with Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your host Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and your special guests, Jeff Davis, the director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, and Jason Umstadt, the superintendent and CEO of Licking County Board of Developmental Disabilities. And if you're just joining us, we're kind of getting the story of how, you know, the pandemic has affected you know, the, the, the boards of developmental disabilities that both these gentlemen work on and how it's affected them on, you know, a state level and a local level and certain things. And I'm very curious to hear, you know, Jason's perspective after we talked to Jeff earlier about how he's kind of handled it and what, what, what have you seen on, you know, the more local level on your side? Well, I mean, obviously what Jeff said was, is absolutely true. I mean, managing the system during this pandemic has, has certainly been a challenge. Uh, in, in March, what we did, uh, we, quickly engaged uh, trying to acquire uh, PPE and, and cleaning agents just simply because we knew that there was going to be a need for it. And uh, we were doing that for our providers. Um, additionally, what we did locally is uh, we started to pay, uh, you know, work stipends uh, for uh, providers to, uh, so they were able to then uh, pay the uh, direct workers, the direct care workers more money than, than what they typically would have paid uh, by giving them bonuses and, and other uh, types of uh, resources that would help them along. Uh, we also recognize the fact that some of those uh, direct support um, 
providers uh, needed uh, to ensure that their staff had adequate child care. And so we just really put a system together that would help our providers along through this pandemic. And it's really been working. Uh, is, you know, the strength you know, of our system as a whole really depends on all components working together, that being the state, our providers, and our county boards. And, you know, I, th- I, I can speak for licking is that we, we really, uh, you know, embrace that notion and, and we went with it through the pandemic and we're still, we're still doing business like this. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know that's everything comes with challenges, but this is a specifically crazy one, but it's glad to hear that you have such a good team in place. And like I said, I think a lot of that stems from the fact that yourself and Jeff have been there for so long and have seen probably so many ups and downs and are taking in all the past of what you've learned and taking that to the future. So we really appreciate everything you guys have been doing and, you know, making it a safe place for all these people in our communities. May I add just one brief comment? Oh, sorry. We're short on time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course, please. <laughs> That's what everybody always tells me. I know. <laughs> so I just a quick, and we started on this, but, you know, I appreciate Jason. It is a whole system that makes it work, but we can't ever forget that it's on the ground where it really matters, right? Yeah. So it's Jason's case managers and it's, it's the direct support staff you know, and, and their management and their agencies, that's where it matters in a, in a time like this, but of course, always. And so you hope the state can complement the effort, but we can't say enough about our direct support staff. You know, we call them direct support professionals or DSPs, but, you know, to come to work, you know, in an environment like this, you know, to provide the supports, to have the affection and dedication that they have across the board, you know, is, is really awe-inspiring. I've just got to say that because we see it and um you know it's it's hard to recruit sometimes in environments like this and you know we touched on that but the dedication of so many we see to come in and continue that work the invaluable work they do is 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 remarkable yeah that's i think i think that was beautifully said and i cannot yeah that sounds like it's a really great thing and there's some incredible people working for you guys and Something we we do like to kind of touch on too is is obviously you guys have been a part of the system for a very long time, but we like to touch on like was this always in your idea to to get to where you are today? How has your journey kind of you know altered or taken you to where you are today? And Jeff, I, I like to start with you because you know obviously you're you're in a very you know very great position and have a lot of responsibility in doing stuff. But where did where did this all start for you? What 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 was a what was a young Jeff's journey like? If, oh if you my will. Gosh. <laughs> The young Jeff's journey is a, is an example for anybody that um, you know life can can offer you all sorts of things that you never imagined, you know, and you can be very very fortunate or very blessed. So, in short order, I mean, I I I like the idea of of helping people. Many people do, but but that never led me in any particular direction. I worked a short time in a nursing facility and enjoyed that, and then I ended up working. Again, not by intent, I ended up working in, in the Ohio Senate as a journal clerk. That was just by good fortune. I was a history major, enjoyed it, liked that. And then I had a, you know, I was, I was uh, with, when Governor Voinovich came back in, in, or came in in 1991, you know, the Ohio, this very department that I'm working for now, you know, had an opening uh, around legislative work on their behalf with the legislature. So I didn't, I wasn't looking for it. It was just very good fortune. The thing was the director that hired me told me at the time 
that ours is a system, you know, that you'll know right away whether you like it. And if you like it, you'll probably stay your career. And he was, that was so very prophetic. So it's been nothing but a, you know, a blessing for me. That's very, that's interesting. And so, so how did the, um, how, how, what, what other steps did you kind of take to get to where you are today? And, and kind of how did those, those things yes, happen? That's good. So I'd, I'd stayed with, uh, you know, I was with the department for 16 years uh, as a deputy director. And then when administrations changed, I mean, mine was, that was a political position. So understandably, you know, I, I then had, um, again, some good friends that helped me, you know, find a position with the Medicaid managed care company. So that was outside of uh, our system that was four years outside of our system, but invaluable. Sometimes you need to change, you know, you need to, you need different kinds of experience, I think. And I probably wouldn't be here if I didn't have that different experience. And then out of the blue, I had a call from a provider association, association that reps, represents providers in our system, OPERA, to see if I wanted to sort of come back home to our family, right? We are kind of a big family, right? But this time represent providers. So I did that eight years uh, you know, prior to the governor appointing me. So, I mean, if anyone has ever had a lucky journey, it's certainly me. And I, I think those different types of experience, I, I hope, have helped me, you know, in this position. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's it's always a great story to hear is because, you know, obviously when you started this journey, it, you probably didn't know where the destination was, but you were taking those steps. You were putting yourself out there. You were wanting to help people. You had that kind of goal in mind. And I think that's one of the things that I feel like people, you know, learn in life sometimes early, sometimes later is some of the best things happen that you don't expect, but you have to take those steps forward and start, start opening those doors and seeing where they lead you. So it's, it's great to hear that that journey took you maybe not as expected, but it, it, it seems to have worked out pretty well so far. Well, I mean, I, I know how fortunate I am. Yeah. And I think that's, it's great to, to be able to realize that and know where you've come from and, and respect everything that happened. So, yes, sir. um, we really appreciate that story. And, you know, as great as that is, I do kind of want to jump to the mountains of West Virginia for yeah, a little bit too. <laughs> and hear from, hear from our dear friend, Jason and how we, how we, you know, climb down the mountain, oh, get to where he is today oh. and back up the mountain. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I'm from a, I'm from the mountains of West Virginia, really small town. We don't have, we didn't even have a stoplight, uh, didn't have a grocery store. We had just a convenience store and a, and a post office. So it was, a you know, it was very limited uh, opportunities there. And, um, you know, it, it's it's funny if you were to ask me, you know, when I was in high school, what I wanted to do, um, you know, I, I didn't really have an answer other than, I mean, I knew what I kind of thought I wanted to do, but every single thing that popped in my mind was I wanted to work with people and I didn't have any idea of what kind of capacity that would, you know, that would, would be. But, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I had a kind of a catastrophic situation that happened when I was a young adult. And um, I remember one day saying that I, I have more to offer uh, this this world. And I ended up applying. This was back before you could apply for college uh, uh, online. So I had to apply. I applied at 18 colleges and I made this deal with my bet with myself. Well, the first one uh, that takes me is where I'm going to go. And I ended up in Idaho, if you can believe that, which was a, which was a beautiful state, by the way, I'm glad I went there. But, uh, and then after a year transferred to West Virginia university where I finished up, but, but while I was there, I, I was in a sociology class, an intro sociology because prerequisite class to, to, you know, pre-major. And, um, I, I looked around at about 200 people in that class. And I said, what's, what's going to set me apart 
so that I can get a job that I enjoy and love doing and, 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 and it's going to make a difference in people's lives. That's important to me. And I realized that experience uh, was really a, a valuable thing to have. So I uh, was working at a restaurant, fast food restaurant in the morning, and they had a paper there, a newspaper. I looked in the classified ads, and you know, I kid you not, there was a, an ad in there. It was just a generic basic ad that said, looking for, looking for applicants to work with people. And at the time, they, they used the, 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 the uh, MRDD was what they used. Well, you know, I, I didn't care what that meant. I, I cared about the fact that it said working with people. So I applied and, and I was hired as a, as a direct support professional. And I worked with two uh, adult men uh, with developmental disabilities. And, and, and literally at that point in my life, that, that, that experience changed everything. Uh, you know, and, and so as I graduated, um, I, I, was, uh, I applied for my master's and was actually uh, given a, a, a graduate assistantship. And uh, I passed that up to stay in this field uh, on a full-time basis. And so uh, I was promoted and I uh, got to learn a lot about the system uh, throughout the state of Ohio from the southern part to the you know, central part over to the eastern panhandle. And this company, they really, uh, you know, here's this young kid coming in and um, their willingness to believe and trust in me really empowered me to do more and more and work hard. And we, I literally opened uh, a region for them in the Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia, which interesting enough is where I'm from. And uh, it grew and it grew and it grew. And uh, so that was that experience. And I, I, I jumped ship though at one point and, and, uh, and thought being a hospital administrator in a long-term care unit was a, a great idea and it was a good experience, but I missed the people. And when you're in this field, there's a kind of a reciprocal reward that goes along. You know, we, we may get paid to do our job, but the, the, the real reward is what we learn from the people that we support. And I miss them. And I remember telling my wife, I, you know, we've, we've got to go and we've got to get, we've got to get, a di- you know, different kind of, uh, uh, we've got to go somewhere else to try to, to, to get me back in the field. And I ended up in Texas and I was a regional director for five uh, counties in the, uh, uh, eastern side, including uh, Harris County, which is Houston, and I had a lot of responsibilities there. And I loved it. It was a it was a great experience, and it was you know it gave you kind of a different perspective from you know a, a state that I that typically um, you know really had a focus on uh, Medicaid related services to a state that had a focus, but not as much of a priority as what you know West Virginia did. And, uh, and then, you know, Ohio called and uh, I ended up working for a large provider agency in uh, Cuyahoga County and then, uh, then uh, was offered a position that did Jeff was instrumental in at a uh, trade association that he worked at. And that's, that's how I, I met Jeff and, uh, and then uh, got the job here at the county board. And I, I'm just telling you that if anyone is, is actually interested in, 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 a, in a field that's, that's so rewarding, this is it. I mean, this is it. And there are so many opportunities. When we hire new people, all I keep thinking about is just the opportunity that they have. But Jeff's right. You're either going to, this is either the field for you or it's not. And you find that out really quick. And so if, you, if you're really dedicated to it, uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful field to be in. And the people that we work with, um, gosh, they're just, they're amazing. They're amazing yeah. folks. 
it's all about the people and I'm, I'm glad it, it kept you in here. It sounds like you're, you know, a great, great ally and a great person to be in charge of a lot of things. So once again, we thank you for that. And we look forward to, you know, diving into a little bit about some of the current stuff you guys are working on in our next segment. So make sure to stay tuned to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your hosts Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our special guests Jeff Davis, the director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, and Jason Umstadt, the superintendent and CEO of Licking County Board of Developmental Disabilities. So if you're just joining us, you did miss you know the wonderful backstories of both Jason and Jeff and how they got to where they are today. But in this segment, we kind of want to look at some of the current projects that are going on with them and that they're working on. And, and something that kind of you know caught our eye and something that I think is a big focus is something that I, I think is called the Multi-System Youth Home Project or something about that. So, Jeff, why don't you kind of tell us what, what is this project and what is, what, why is it so important? I think well, I'll, I'll start and try and give a, a sort of bigger picture is that we do have you know, a number of children, certainly into their teens, uh, that have pretty diverse challenges, a combination of challenges that oftentimes prevent uh, or present sort of uh, behavioral habits. I mean, they, uh, they have trauma in their life. They've got physical conditions and perhaps identified mental illness in other ways, but whatever the combination is, they, they are, they're tough and they've, they're tough to serve in their family homes, perhaps because they are, perhaps because their, their parents just can no longer manage them in respect, or perhaps there, there are violent outbursts or perhaps whatever it is. But if you keep your eye on that individual child, you'll realize that there are just layers and layers. And, and we as a system with other systems, because they might be involved in children's services, there, uh, there may be again, a mental health component, and certainly they, you know, have a developmental disabilities in, in our case, right? So how do we help those families support them in the home where it's most appropriate. And for some of those children that really the service is just the families can no longer provide the service or raise them in the home. You know, what does our system do? Can we provide out of home placement? And I just, you know, these children are, can be so very complex and, and their challenges are so real, very real behaviorally that, you know, we have to help develop providers in that capacity to serve them in the home or out of the home. And you, and really at that human level, then you've got to be able to pare back. What is it? You know, is it the trauma? Is it the, you know, is it the mental illness? Is it the medications? You know, and you really have to prepare staff to deal with those that can be violent perhaps, or just have a significant amount of troubles and whatever it might be. And so, you know, Jason's working on a project that is, that I think is really cool and people will enjoy hearing about, but that's the bigger picture and that's the human picture. And that's one of the, you know, that's one of our responsibilities as a system. Yeah. And Jason, what is this special project? Let's, let's hear it from, from the man himself. Yeah. So uh, for, you know, a few years now we've been uh, working on, had this idea and the idea was really to address the uh, continuing need for, uh, support for youth in uh, outside of the home, and and what I mean by that is it's you know there there are some situations that um, you know they're they're very kids that need a lot of services and supports, but in some situations it's just 
a respite stay that's needed uh, to kind of help or give a caregiver a break. So uh, we we see it kind of on two different uh, angles. But with the population growing as it is in Licking County, we we know that we have to get in front of this. And actually, I really think we're behind uh, in what we need to do. So we uh, wanted to. Uh, so we're in the process of uh, locating property to. Uh, construct two homes. Uh, one is a six-bed intermediate care facility that will serve youth, typically between the ages of 10 and 18. And uh, these are youth that we want to try to make it a short-term stay, uh, but I'm not 100% sure that that's always going to be the case. And so if it needed to extend uh, beyond, let's say, you know, a couple months, then that would be, that would be fine. Uh, whatever works for that family. But the only options right now that we have is to send kids out of state, out of our county, in some cases out of state. And what happens is it really, really puts a, uh, a huge uh, hurdle in front of a, a, a real good transition back home. And so, you know, you think about it, if they go three out, we always say three hours away. That's not really the case. Sometimes it's not three hours, but if they're three hours away receiving services, then you have uprooted them from their family. You've uprooted them from their professionals that they have involved in their lives. And if they're multiple multi-system kids, then obviously they're already involved with multiple uh, systems of support. You have uprooted them from their friends, their, edu- their, their school, I mean, everything. So they basically are starting over again. And then a couple months later, coming back uh, to, to, to their home and, and starting over again. And so we just, we, we kind of see this revolving door uh, happen uh, where they come back and then they have to go back into services. So having a, a home here in the county that would enable that child to remain in their school district, they'd have uh, continuous uh, uh, contact with their family and, and, and obviously visits as well. And they would, you know, still probably be connected with their friends. I mean, that's what we want. And we think that with that, along with highly trained, a highly trained provider agency, which, which we are in contact with and have been working with, you know, we think that we can really see excellent outcomes out of this. So that's the one home. And then the other home is a four bed, uh, respite home. So that's for, for families where kids are still, you know, they're still at home, obviously. And, uh, you know, sometimes we see, uh, a need where just a, a weekend away, or if we've seen a, a high uh, increase in uh, primary caregivers being grandparents. So let's say a grandparent has a medical emergency and has to have surgery uh, that's unexpected. Well, if they're the primary caregiver, somebody has to provide that support that's that child needs. And so this would be a place that that child could go until, you know, grandmother or grandfather or aunt and uncle or whoever uh, had time to recover uh, from that uh, surgery. It's, you know, we, we've seen a, a very large increase over the last couple years of, of youth that need services. And, you know, this is, this is our responsibility to do this. And uh, that's why we find that this is absolutely necessary for us to do. So hopefully we'll be able to get things rolling here soon. We, we do have a, a, a spot located for the six bed home. And uh, we're still looking for uh, a place for the four-bedroom home. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great thing because I think one of the biggest things is consistency. I think that's, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, and I think that's super important. Just make transitions simple. Make it easy for the families, for the kids, for everybody. And I think that's that's a great thing you guys are doing. So we look forward to hearing more about that and 
hopefully we'll have you guys back on again to say how see how it's going so <laughs> we really we really appreciate it and uh unfortunately we only have one segment left with you two so we really want to focus on how people can get involved and what and what the future holds for you guys and what other kind of exciting things you may be working on. So make sure to stay tuned to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN, and we'll be right back after this short break. Hello and welcome back to the final segment of this week's Grow Like a Pro with your hosts Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our guests Jeff Davis, the director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities and Jason Umstadt, the superintendent and CEO of Licking County Board of Developmental Disabilities. And Jeff and Jason, I can't thank you enough for sharing your stories of how you got to where you are, how you've kind of handled everything during the pandemic and some of the great work that you're doing in our community and in our state. And even I'm sure the work has extended even beyond that. Um, one thing that we like to explore in the final segment is like, how can people get involved or, or what's what's the best way for someone who, once again, maybe if 2020 isn't going their way, if, if their, their dreams or if, if their, their jobs have changed or maybe unfortunately aren't there anymore, what is the best way for someone to learn more and maybe find a new career and doing some really incredible work and helping some incredible people? Yeah, I love that. I appreciate you mentioning that. So there is, Jason touched on it earlier, there's an intrinsic reward, you know, to that actual direct care, direct support position, right? It's not always money. And that's important to know, but you you can you can develop a set of skills in how you learn to support people and and listen actively and perhaps on occasion de-escalate or learn how to support someone that is that is medically fragile or have you know complications you 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 really can kind of pick and choose what you want your specialty to be and so how you do that is in a number of ways we call them direct support professionals or DSPs so if it interests you you can find that position on Indeed, uh, or some of the different ways that people find it. You can find it on Ohio Means Jobs. You can certainly contact your local county board of developmental disabilities, and ultimately you can contact us at the state level at the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities. There are a number of ways. Uh, I do promise that there is there is something in supporting our individuals that you won't get elsewhere. And so we would welcome you. And we've got a vision for the future and how we want to do this, but I think I probably should let Jason shine a little bit. Yeah, let's hear it, Jason. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said, we, we you know, I, I agree with what Jeff said. I mean, I, you know, if someone is really looking for a rewarding career uh, that, that, that they can, you know, just, I, I mean, look at what happened with me. Had I not answered that ad in the newspaper, I, I wouldn't be here today. Uh, I, I know that. And so uh, there, there are, we have a person here at our board office if they're interested in, in uh, working in Licking County. But I also know that a lot of boards across the state of Ohio have similar situation or similar positions where people uh, are, are assisting providers uh, to recruit um, folks to, this, to, to our field. Uh, we actually have an active website, too, that's DSP's, dspcareers.com. Uh, that uh, people could go to and uh, connect with us there, or they can stop by or give the board office a call. Uh, our number is uh, 740-349-6588, and the person they'd want to talk to, is her name is Brandy. Uh, but 
you know, I, I, there, you know, again, all counties, I think right now have someone in that position that can, uh, in this position that can help, but, uh, definitely, definitely a need. And, uh, there's so many opportunities within this system, uh, to, to advance in, whether it's, uh, you know, the direct care aspect of it or nursing. Uh, we have a lot of folks that intern with us and then later go on and, uh, get it, get their uh, college education and uh, and then just come back because they they loved what they, they experienced here so there's just so many things but uh, we we're always uh, open and, and 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 interested in talking to anyone that uh, may be interested in a career oh yeah we really appreciate that and and taking the time to share that with us and hopefully hopefully this will help reach some people and get some some other good people helping our community and beyond and I don't know if there's any you know final thoughts you had or any forward thinking ideas that maybe you might be working on or any, any final, uh, final words you have for our audience out there from either of you? Well, I'll, I'll be quick. <clears throat> this is Jeff. Uh, obviously we want a system, you know, that really treats people the right way. I mean, we've, we've said from day one, I certainly have that, you know, be nice, start with, start with that. And that's how we want our system to be reflected, whether at the department level, at the county level, provider level, a DSP level, start with how you treat people. And then we can work on making our system perhaps less bureaucratic, certainly more focused on the individual, more and more sophisticated how we support each individual uniquely. And those are journeys. They're not always light switches, right? But but this is where we want to go. I want our system to be welcoming, friendly, easy to understand, and we'll be able to design the support specific to your loved one or to you as an individual. And I can tell you firsthand, again, having a special needs daughter, that the system is, you know, it's not perfect, but it's it's really uh, come a long, long way in the 30 years since uh, we've been involved. And uh, again, under uh, Governor DeWine, I think, uh, you know, I believe things start at the top, and I, and, I, and I'm not yeah. saying this as a political statement, but as an individual, I think he he does a lot of things right because I think he cares, and I, I've met him personally, and I've heard his thoughts, uh, and uh, I think that that in itself goes a long way. So, uh, there again, back to what you're talking about, I think the right. It's a career path for people, and it's it's very very rewarding. We know people again that have been involved for years at the education level, as a provider level, and they're a certain type of human being. But I think they get more out of it uh, than they give. Appreciate that, and I do appreciate your comments on Governor Dewine. There is no question about his sincerity and integrity, you know, and his care for people. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that all continues and we keep seeing great strides and hopefully these housing projects keep becoming great and we just keep expanding and and giving support for these kids and these people who just deserve it just as much as anybody else does. So, you know, Jason, one more time, what, what was the best way people can reach out if they had any questions or were curious about this? Sure. They can actually go to our website, uh, lcountydd.org, or uh, they can uh, just give us a call at 740-349-6588. 
Great. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Jeff, thank you so much. You. We, we, we really appreciate you guys spending the time with us. Ron, as always, thank you so much. And listeners, well, thank, thank you. you. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> no. and, and obviously, most important too, thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Grow Like a Pro. And once again, we hopefully can have you guys back on in the future to see what other good work you're doing. But until next time, we just really hope everyone out there is just having a great day and or night. And make sure to Come back every week for another new episode of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN.